What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Going to be starting a new series here tonight. Uh, We're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus. And this come up because I've been praying for the last couple weeks. Miss Lisa, she's not in here, but thank you, Miss Lisa, for taking over for a couple of weeks and giving me a break and a chance to see what God would have me to speak on next and where he would have me go. And so I thought I had direction and I didn't. So I'm down in my basement. That's my so-called quiet place, except for the pitter patter of the feet upstairs doing roller skates and screaming and yelling and everything else that goes on upstairs with the little ones. I'm down there praying and I'm like, God, I need, I need an answer. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know if Miss Lisa's going to speak another week or what's going to happen. So I'm down there praying, and I say, God, what is it? And just as plain as day, he says, I want you to preach on my blood. So I said, okay. Now, God, was that you or me? Because <laughs> you know how we are. It was plain as day, but here I am questioning it now, right? So I said, God, I need to know. And I said, Lord, I know this is a silly thing, but God, I'm going to open this Bible. And say, God, I'm sorry for not just not having the faith, but God, I'm going to open this Bible. And I need you to show me that this is what you want me to preach on. So I open that Bible and it opens up. It's a it's a Perry Stone Bible. So there's like footnotes and different things in it. Right. So I open it up and the first place I look is in the top right hand corner and there's a footnote and it's talking about the sacrifice that Christ made for us and how his blood is an atonement and I was just like okay I won't ask I just learned not to ask amen (laughs) but I mean it was just it was one of those all right Lord and I opened it up and there it was so we are going to talk about the blood of Christ and how his blood makes us holy it's his blood amen so the blood of Jesus has been under attack it has. It's been under attack for many years. Uh, you go back a few years and, you know, people start noticing that a lot of the newer translations remove the word blood. And they leave it in some places, but when it's talking about the blood of Jesus, a lot of translations are, have taken it out of a lot of places. And you can argue with that. All it, it, it's not. I'm not going to argue with you about it, but they have taken it out. A lot of songs won't mention it anymore. They won't sing about the blood of Jesus anymore. And a lot of churches that you have the hymnals, you know, oh, the blood of Jesus and all these different songs like that, they won't sing them. And I'm like, those are the best songs, <laughs> right? Those are some of the best songs. But so we're seeing this happen, and they're like, these songs, they're, you know, it's talking about blood, that's gross. I'm like, I don't think you understand what the blood is. I don't think you have a clear concept of it. Now, this was years ago, and I spoke about it back then. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, people just, it goes over their head and they don't think nothing about it. But there's a reason that God's having me do this. There's a reason that he's bringing this back up. And 
we're going to talk about that reason towards the end of this. Now, this message tonight is going to be an overview message pretty much for where we're going over the next few weeks, okay? So today, we're just going to talk in general about the blood of Jesus, why it's important, and things like that. So, uh, so what is blood? Right? Everybody knows you prick me will I you know I bleed type thing right so the red liquid that circulates in the arteries and veins of humans and other vertebrae animals carrying oxygen to and carbon dioxide from tissues of the body you're like well whoop de do right blood we know it just circulates and it does its thing so in short though here's what we're missing it gives you life it takes the things that you need and takes them to the proper places in the body now, when you look at it like that, it has a little bit of different meaning then, doesn't it? It's not just that red stuff that leaks out of you when you cut yourself. It has life-giving properties. You have to have it. It carries things in it that you need from one place to the next within your body. Without it, you cannot live. So let's look at Leviticus chapter 17. And there are no scriptures, so y'all just going to have to trust me unless you got your Bible. That's why you need your Bible, right? Leviticus 17, verse 11. I will give you to the count of three. (laughs) Bible drills, y'all ready? All right, so here we go. Leviticus 17, verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. So the life is in the blood. Right? I want to establish that. So life is in the blood. God required that sin to be atoned for, right? There's sin all the way going back to Adam and Eve. There was sin. Something had to take place for that sin. A sacrifice had to be made for that sin. And you see it all through the Old Testament. They have to make sacrifices in order for the sins of the people to be atoned for so that they can make it through another year until they come back and they do it all over again, okay? So something had to give its life in order for your sins to be atoned for all the way throughout history that has happened so remember that just hang on to that and y'all know where i'm going y'all ain't stupid so you're very smart people you know where i'm going and welcome to the online audience i got i was excited to get up here so i'm pastor brett the associate pastor here thank you so much for tuning in sorry i forgot to mention you earlier but so it's only in his blood that we can have forgiveness of our sins right It's only in the blood of Christ. There's no other way. I don't care what Oprah tells you. Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And it's by what he did on the cross. And you know what? The cross was graphic. It is what it is. They beat him till there was nothing left almost of him. His flesh was hanging off of his body, and the blood was literally pouring out of him. True facts. You can't. I mean, it's there. You can't fight it. It's there. Go back and you look at Roman crucifixion. They, they, they were on a mission. You were going to die. It was better if you were almost dead before you got on the cross. That way they didn't have to leave you there that long. They had things to do. They didn't want to stay there all night and watch you suffer and die and suffocate in your own blood and not being able to breathe, right? So I got ahead of myself, but that's all right. So God required this sin to be atoned. So something alive had to be sacrificed for that to happen. There has to be something alive, has to be killed. The blood has to be sprinkled in some fashion for those sins to be atoned for. In this case, it was lambs and other things for the forgiveness of sins. But 
God knew there must be a pure and holy once sacrifice. Now, see, we don't think about this a lot of times because if you're like me, I kind of, I'm linear, I guess, in my thinking. I don't always, sometimes, I don't always look ahead and I don't always look behind. I'm kind of a, okay. But God knew that there was going to be this thing that had to happen. You see, it was planned out before the beginning of time. It was planned out. It wasn't just this, oh, look, they're sinning again, Jesus. Well, do you, want to, do you really want to do this and go down there and handle this? No, it wasn't just like the spur-of-the-moment thing that happened. He didn't just decide to hop into human flesh and come down here and be killed. He knew what he was going to have to do long, long, long before, before time. I know that's hard to think about, but that, that's the truth. He knew there was a plan from the beginning of time that this was going to happen. So, let's take a look now a little deeper at the blood. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It's only in his blood that we have for forgiveness of our sins. That's the only way. Isn't that amazing that somebody loved you so much that they would spill their blood for you? You can't get somebody to give you a ride to the store right today, right? You can't. You can't get nobody to do anything for you. But here's a guy that I didn't know 2,000-something years ago, but he knew me. The Bible says that he knew me. Knew me before I was in my mother's womb. So what does that tell you? You're going to tell me this plan hasn't been laid out since the beginning of time if he knew who I was before I was ever conceived? Oh, this plan's been laid out for a long, long, long time. It's only in his blood that we have forgiveness of our sins, and that blood is going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, we say it all the time, but how much is all? All is all. It's all unrighteousness. It's all that junk that you have. He's not just going to clean out a little bit of it. He's going to clean out the whole thing. It's, in his, it's his blood that can make us holy. The Christian life is not always easy, amen? Anybody ever had a hard time as a Christian, some struggles? I want you to remember back before you knew Jesus, before you had all of your sins erased. You see, because that's where the world's at right now. Now, that was, how old was I, 13? Eighth grade, what would that put me? 13, I guess, something like that. I can't remember. I remember where I was, I just don't remember, and I remember what grade I was in, but I don't remember the date or nothing like that. So, but looking back, that's what the world is. That's where they are at right now. Where you were before you asked Christ into your life is where the world is. That's why we don't see eye to eye. That's why we're two conflicting things right now. Because we know the truth. We know what the truth can do. And we know what the blood of Jesus can do. But the world doesn't. And they don't understand it. But see, that's, that's where they're at. They don't understand that they can have their sins erased. They don't grasp what the blood of Christ can really do. They, they don't see it. If they could see it and if they understood it, we wouldn't have homosexual preachers in the pulpit because those people don't clearly understand it. They don't receive it. We wouldn't have people, we wouldn't have drag queens coming into the church. We wouldn't have people claiming to be lesbians and homosexuals and what's all the transgenders and 
binaries, non-binary. I don't, I don't know what all of it is. You wouldn't have people saying that Jesus is their Lord and still being all those things. You can see those people are confused. They don't know the God that we know, because if they did, they wouldn't be living in sin. You think that I'm saying that? No, you go read the book of first John. First John says that you cannot live in sin and be a Christian. Well, those things aren't sin. If you twist the Bible to say what you want it to say, exactly. You're right. It's not sin. If you twist the Bible to say what you want it to say, but that ain't going to stop you from going to hell. You are required it's on you. The gift has been given. The blood has been shed. Now it falls to you to study it out, to look for it, and to receive that gift and to understand it and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. If you had truly received that gift, the Holy Spirit would have come in and the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. But if you're listening to the other voices in your head and you're listening to the wrong voices, then you're going to believe whatever you want to believe. You need to be covered in the blood. You need to have your wa- your sins washed in the blood. Now, I know I've made somebody mad out there, but go read the book of 1 John. Don't get mad at Pastor Brett. Go read 1 John. Read it for what it says. It's only his blood that can make us holy. Your Christian life is not always going to be easy. It's not. We're going to have struggles and we're going to have hard times, but it's that blood. It's that covering. You know how many times I've had to plead the blood of Jesus over me? And we're going we're gonna to get deeper into the things. We're going to, well, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Romans 5, verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So what does justified mean? So I went and I looked it up, and of course there is a, I don't want to call it a worldly term, but like a regular term and a the, theological term. The theological term is to be declared or made righteous in the sight of God. Now, who's the only one that can do that? God. When you are washed in the blood of Jesus, y'all grasp this with me, okay? Because this blows me away. When you are saved, when you ask Christ into your life, you know, and you say, wash me in your blood, you are declared by God to be righteous. God declares you righteous. It don't matter how you feel. I don't feel righteous today. It doesn't matter because your feelings lie. God declared you righteous. We got to start walking in that. We got to start believing that. We got to start understanding that because we're not doing it. We're walking around defeated. We're walking around with the spirit of distraction over all of us. I'm sitting here tonight in worship, and I'm like, there is something not right. And I'm like, Lord, is it me? So I'm in the back praying. I go to the back, and I'm praying. And I think it's, it's everything right now. Everybody is distracted. It's just a hovering feeling. Satan, and that's what I was back here doing, Devin. I was praying that God would tear that down and that we would break through that in our worship. And I believe that we have. But it's we, we've got to be cautious. I'm looking for the right word. What we bring in here with us. Because the way that you feel is going to rub off on other people, amen? Because I've done it. And I've had people call me out on it. A few years back, I was called out on that. I guess it's been more than a few now. 
But what you bring in with you rubs off onto other people. Spirits of distraction, spirit, you know, whatever you're dealing with throughout the week, it falls, it, it, it comes with you. We've got to break through those things. Y'all hearing me? Because of the blood of Jesus, God now sees the believer and has declared you righteous. The creator of heaven and earth, the one that sent his son, Jesus, God incarnate, come to earth, has declared you, a dirty, rotten, former sinner, righteous. Now, we all still sin, but we are not sinners because we are not actively walking in sin. He's declared you righteous. First John, uh-oh, there's that book. First John, I love the book of First John. I say that every time I preach out of it. First John chapter 1, verse, uh, you know what? I said 6 through 10, but I don't see verse 6 on here. So we'll just do verse 7. <laughs> verse seven. Hang on, let me go to it real quick. I'm up here. Go back one chapter. Okay. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from what? All sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let's just finish it out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what we just talked about, right? If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and uh, his word is not in us. Jesus is enough. Quit acting like he's not enough. Quit acting like, I can't get this straight. I can't get my life together. What he did is enough. There is nothing you are going to do that is going to make your life any easier in your Christian walk as far as your works and things like that. You can't do it. He's done it. Accept it, receive it, and live it. That's what you have to do. His blood is more than enough. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter if you feel righteous. I don't feel righteous. I don't feel it. If you've been washed in the blood, what did God just say? I have declared you righteous. That's what you are. But I don't feel righteous. Well, your feelings will deceive you all day long. You can feel one way, but that doesn't mean that that's how you have to continue on. I wake up feeling tired, and I don't want to go to work every single day. But every single day, I get up and I keep going. Why? Because I have to. If I don't feel like going to work and I don't go to work, then I don't get paid. Then I don't live. I don't have a livelihood. You've got to get up. It's the same thing with your Christian walk. I don't feel like walking this out today. Get up, walk it out, and guess what's going to happen? You're going to be blessed for it. I know it's hard. We all get tired, amen? Matthew 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. You are among the many. His blood was poured out for many. You are among them. He said that because he knew that it was being poured out for generations to come. We're 2,000 years into this thing now. His blood was poured out for you. Do you know how special and important you are to him? See, I think as Christians, we get stuck in this thing where we don't remember our salvation. 
we we get into this thing where we read like, well, I've read the book. I'm on to deeper things in God now. And you forget your salvation. Christians do it. I do it. I do it. I, I know I do it. I'm preaching about it, so I'm telling you that I do it. But it was the most amazing experience of all Christians' lives. I could tell you my experience, and I, I did not understand it at the time. And there was people there that were trying to confuse me. I went forward, and I was asking Christ into my life, and I was just a shaken. I, I think the devil was being pushed out, and the Holy Ghost was coming in. But I was just a shaken. Well, then, so I accepted Christ. And after that, he tries to lead me in another prayer. Time to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm a good Baptist boy. I have no idea what that was. I thought I just got the Holy Spirit, which I did. But I didn't re- I didn't know what that was is what I'm trying to say. So they eventually left that alone. But talk about confusing somebody, right? But the point is, is we've got to look back and we've got to remember our salvation experience. You've got to look back and remember what he did for you because it goes deeper than what you're feeling. Oh, I feel this. We can say feelings all day long, and you're going to get yourself in trouble and a lot of other people in trouble. Take it back to the blood. Take it back to the blood. Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. Lots of scripture tonight, right? That's what it's about anyway. For if the blood of uh, goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purifying, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Christ died to give you life. We got to wake up. I'm tired tonight. I know y'all tired tonight. But we got to wake up to the reality that Christ died for us. He didn't die for us to come to church and sit on our butts. Man, I am guilty of that one. He died so that we can have life. His blood was literally pouring out of his body. And we're worried whether the air conditioner is set to a comfortable temperature when we come in here. We don't want to be uncomfortable for the cross, do we? Come on, I'm preaching to Pastor Brett tonight. I don't like to be hot. I drive a truck at work, and that AC better work, because if it don't, it's getting parked on the line. But we don't like to be uncomfortable for the cross of Christ. But that th- those are the facts. And Christians, we've got to come face-to-face with the reality that we are not appreciative all the time of what Christ did for us. We take what he did for granted because if we didn't take it for granted, we would be telling every single person we come in contact with. How many people did you see today? How many people did you tell about Jesus today? Right? Am I wrong? He died to give you life. A sacrifice that would pay for you to be forgiven. All of your sin, all of your addiction, all of your hurt, all of your pain, all of it washed completely away. Everything you ever did. Oh, we're not going to get up here and start swapping sin stories. But everything that I ever did was completely washed away when I was 13 years old. And everything that I would ever do was forgiven. Because I chose to follow after him. That I... 
didn't have to keep coming back and getting resaved and getting rebaptized every time I messed up, but I could go before the throne and say, Lord, I messed up, and he would forgive me. I was already forgiven. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, it's better that we don't sin. Right? But if we do sin, we have an advocate. We have somebody standing before the throne of God. When the devil comes to make an accusation against you because he is the accuser of the brethren, look what Pastor Brett did, and he calls himself a pastor. How dare he do that? Did you see it, Jesus? Did you see it? Did you see what he did? And Jesus just simply says, yeah. And he leans over to the Father and he says, I am the propitiation for that sin. I have already covered it. It's already washed away. And it's been forgiven because he's one of ours. That's how it works. Your sins are washed away. He sees it, but it's been covered. Satan doesn't get that right. He doesn't get that privilege. He can accuse all day long. But if we're blood-bought, that sacrifice has been made and we have received it, then guess what? There ain't a thing the devil can do about it. There ain't a thing anybody in hell can do about it. Nobody can take that away. Nobody's going to pluck you out of his hands. It's better that we don't sin, but if we do, we got an advocate. Amen? Jesus just whispers in the Father's ear. I love that. You know, I, I used that analogy years ago on a, my youth group when I was at a different church. Because there was, there was a day that I was just reading that. And I'm like, I'm going to look up what that word means. I've read this a million times, and I've never looked up that word. What's propitiation mean? Because I was an old King James guy back then, you know. It's only about the only thing that I read. So I was like, i got to look this up and figure out th- what this really means. And when I read that, something lifted off of me. Scales fell off of my eyes, and I realized for the first time in my life, and I know this is terrible. Like, I knew Jesus was my Savior. But when I realized that he is standing before the Father on my behalf, man, that just blew my mind. And I was sharing that with the kids, and they, they got it. And it was an amazing thing to realize that that's how much he loves me, that he will fight on my behalf like a lawyer. You want a lawyer, right there he is. Get you a lawyer named Jesus, because I'm telling you right now, there ain't a devil in hell that can accuse you if you're one of Christ's kids. Amen? I'm almost done, but I've got a short word here that I feel as I was putting this together. I really uh, felt like this was something that we all need to hear tonight, and I wish that maybe more. I wish more. I know a lot of our youth leaders and things are over there tonight. I wish they would hear this too. Uh, Maybe I can repeat it Sunday if we have time, Pastor. But we are entering. I'm just going to read this, okay? So it says, "We are entering." into a time of great forgiveness. That sounds good, don't it? People are about to come looking for people are about to come looking for Christ and we better be ready 
to show them what the blood can do. God's about to show the world who he is and that the blood of his son is the only answer. Salvation is coming to the unbelievers. Deliverance is coming to the unbelievers. The truth is about to be released. We better be ready. You better know how to lead somebody in a sinner's prayer. You better be bold enough to lay hands on somebody and pray for salvation for them, to pray for deliverance for them, to pray that God would heal them from their addiction. You better be ready to go the extra mile. And I'm telling you, I'm going to tell a little bit about myself before I end this. The last three weeks, you can ask my wife. She will vouch for me. I have been in an incredible battle with the devil and God at the same time. The devil, because he is throwing everything at me, and God, because he's revealing everything to me. God has been, and I'm just going to be completely honest because that's how Pastor Brett is. I try not to hold nothing back. God has been working on me and my wife's relationship and it's with me, the way that I am, the way that working on my, me and my children's relationship and how I am with them. Been working on my relationship with him. He's brought circumstances in my life where I had to work on my relationship with my mother. And I'm telling you, I felt like I was just getting beat down to the ground. He's been showing me things about my health. With anxiety, with diabetes, with being overweight. And I tell you, I kid you not, Afton is my witness because I've told her this. I heard God tell me, Brett, you need to take your life back. Because the world has been taking it for too many years. Here's what he said. Take your life back in Jesus' name. I've shared a little bit with Devin on Sunday, and I think a little bit with Trenton, but I've been struggling. Anxiety kicked my butt last Wednesday and Thursday. And it's because I know I'm fighting the devil. Because God is showing me things, and I'm changing things. And when you change things, oh, the devil don't like it. And I'm bringing it full circle here. It is the blood of Jesus that can wash away everything. New chances in life, renewing of, I'm not going to say that me and my wife were like, like constantly fighting each other or anything like that, but it, it wasn't like that. It's just how we were interacting with each other. Like our, the way, the, the way our lives were, there was the, the time wasn't right. It was home randomness, randomness, eat randomness, bed. And there was no structure to, to it. And we're, we're, we're working on that all the way down to how we eat supper. I'm telling you, God has just been reshaping my life these three weeks, last three weeks. And he's getting ready to do that out there in people's lives. And he's, that's what this church, that's what we've been getting ready for. And this word's coming and he's saying, you better get ready because there's a time of great forgiveness coming. That's God is going to be forgiving people because they're going to be coming in here seeking that forgiveness. And you better be ready. That's what he's been getting me. He's been getting my life in order and telling me, take care of yourself. Get things right before me, Brett. Take your life back in Jesus name because I need you. 
I need your family. I need Pastor Trenton's family. I need Devin, and I need Melvin, and I need Quadra, and I need Louie, and I need all of these people to get their stuff together. Because if you don't, you're going to be a hindrance to what God is getting ready to do. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this night. We thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to sit and listen to your word. To stand and worship you, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word that has come forth. I pray, Father God, that it was all you. I pray, God, that the world, those that listen, Father God, would hear you and see you, Father God, and not me. Lord, I pray for the ones that were offended, because I know that there will be one. You're not offended. You're just upset because you heard the truth, and you know it. You've never been confronted with it before, and now you have. Receive the free gift of salvation. Father, we love you, and we thank you, Father. We thank you for spilling the blood of Jesus for us and for washing us in it and making us white as snow, Father. Lord, I just pray as we go through this series over the next few weeks, Father God, that you would open our minds and open our eyes, God, to receive it. Give us a spirit of readiness, Father God. Give us a spirit of excitement, Lord, as we come in here, Father God, so that we're not so tired on Wednesdays and on Sundays, Father God. Take away that distraction. Take away the weariness, Father God. And allow us, God, to come in here with excitement. Lord, where's the excitement gone? Where's the excitement in your church at, Father, for what you're about to do? I pray, Father God, that Next Level Freedom Church will not be among those, Father God, that fall by the wayside and fall into religion and fall into tradition. Help us, God, to be at the ready. Let our hearts be at the ready, Father God. Let us examine our lives and make sure that we are walking in what you have called us to. Don't you turn off that computer yet. God is speaking to somebody out there right now. If you do not know what I'm talking about, if you do not know this Savior that we are talking about tonight, now is your opportunity. There's somebody watching. This is your opportunity. This is your last opportunity. The decision you make right now is going to change the course of your life, whether you live or whether you die. I encourage you with everything that I have to ask Christ into your life right now. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have failed. And I know I've been living a life that is not pleasing or in accordance to your word forgive me for my sin forgive me for my arrogance and forgive me for my pride come into my heart live there save me and be lord of my life in jesus name amen if you said that prayer congratulations you are a new creation All that old stuff has passed away because it's been washed away. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next time, and God bless.